Hello and welcome to Comic Book Herald's Best Comics Ever, the podcast in which I, Dave Busing, come on here about once a month to talk about all the books I've read recently and where they are going to go on the Best Comics of All Time list. Uh, this is Comic Book Herald's mega list, now almost 430 comic stories deep. You can find it at comicbookherald.com com slash the best comics of all time with a hyphen between each word in the best comics of all time. Today I've got about 12 stories that I'll be adding to the list that I read in the month of September 2018 uh, and I will be talking in detail about at least the first five depending on how much time we have. As a reminder for those listening at home, best comics ever is made possible by listener support on patreon.com slash comicbookherald. If you want to learn more about how you can support Comic Book Herald's podcast initiatives, as well as everything I'm doing on the site with new reading orders going up at least one per week, recently quite a few more. Uh, We've got a Kingpin one in the works here as Daredevil Season 3 approaches on Netflix. Got some really cool stuff coming in regards to the Dark Phoenix and Spider-Verse movies that are coming out. You want to support all that and see how you can get advanced uh, you know, early access to things and exclusive content that I'm producing for CBH, go to patreon.com slash comicbookherald and see how you can chip in as little as $1 a month to help Comic Book Herald uh, grow and support this rapidly growing community of comic book lovers across the globe. So let's dive right into it again. This is an episode where I'll be looking at the best comics of all time list. And the first story, and I've got my I've got my comics here ranked by order of preference that I read this month. So I'll just run them down real quick. I'm going to go through The Abominable Charles Christopher by Carl Kessel, The Hawkeye 2016 series from Marvel, Black Orchid, graphic novel from DC Comics by Neil Gaiman and Dave McKean, Analog, a recent Image Comics first volume written by Jerry Dugan, The Dead Hand, an Image Comics series written by Kyle Higgins with art by Stephen Mooney, All New Wolverine, the Marvel series that is ongoing written by Tom Taylor and, uh, and recently concluded, I believe, Manhunter volumes one and two, DC Comics book that came out right around the time of Identity Crisis, written by Mark Andreco with art by Jesus Saez, and then the first volume of the Donny Cates Venom, and then just in um, relative order, Harley and Ivy, DC Comics by Batman animated series creators Paul Dini and Bruce Timm, Legends of the Dark Knight Venom, Captain America, the first Marvel Legacy volume, Despicable Deadpool, the first Marvel Legacy volume, Black Panther Long Live the King, and Batgirl, the first volume by uh, Puckett, from DC Comics in the early 2000s. So those are the books I read, and those are ranked in order of preference there. I'm going to go from the top now and talk about where the Abominable Charles Christopher ranks on this list of 400-plus comic book stories. The Abominable Charles Christopher is written and drawn by Carl Kessel. It's a, it was a digital first release in the uh, early 2010s, and it is kind of mind-blowing. Um, it's this almost like a comic strip, often structure that you would see in the newspaper, or if you're more familiar, like a webcomic, right? Where it is, you know, three to four panels, and it is more horizontal than it is vertical. And Kessel's art in this is astonishing. But the the really incredible thing about the abominable Charles Christopher, it is this series of connected vignettes about a 
sort of a mythical forest world that very much mirrors uh, humanity and human problems. So you have the titular Abominable, and his name is Charles Christopher, and he is uh, sort of this naive, innocent, giant-looking beast. Um, but he has, you know, the, the personality and the intellectual capacity of an infant or toddler, right? He's got, you know, a, a binky or a pacifier in his mouth um, at times. He is very, it's just kind of raw emotion, and he's easy to connect to and root for as a result because anything bad is happening to him, you know, not due to any mistake that he is making or anything. Uh, but again, you've got this whole, for, whole forest world of you know kind of the elder bear in the forest community who knows all and has lived through kind of interesting circumstances being in a human circus you get uh this bird character that is a an alcoholic and his family struggles and um it's at times both poignant and serious and extremely funny it is it's it's hard to explain because it's so disparate and there's not necessarily a connective tissue i mean i guess at the end of the day there's a hero's journey going on with charles christopher um and he is sort of journeying and meeting these you know he meets like a mythical lion along the way and they have you know they need his help to save the forest and that sort of thing but honestly to frame it in those terms is is not really how the book flows. I mean, it is, again, these these kind of disconnected yet ultimately of a piece sequences from all sorts of different animals and characters in the universe. And by the time you get to volume two, uh, you start to bring in sort of the, the humans in this world, including the sort of boy king who is, um, you know, kind of this, this you know, Joffrey-esque Game of Thrones leader with substantially more humor and less um less just egregious awfulness but it, long story short the abominable charles christopher is one of my favorite pickups in a good long time I, I think i saw the wreck from um the off panel podcast which is which is a podcast recommendation that i would make and i'm really glad i picked up these two volumes because these are excellent excellent comics they definitely um i don't read a ton of web comics but in this structure, they are extremely, extremely effective. So I would recommend everybody check out this book. I think you can find a lot of it online, again, because it was a digital first release. Um, but these these collections, which are, again, more horizontal than vertical. So they, they fit weirdly on a bookshelf, um, but they're beautiful, beautiful works by Kessel. I mean, this art is awesome. I think on the back of the first volume, Neil Gaiman makes a comparison to Bone, uh, the, the Jeff Smith graphic novel, which I have ranked in the top 10. I have it ranked third in my third favorite comic of all time. And the comparison is apt. Abominable Charles Christopher is not quite that good. Nonetheless, it's going to go very high on this, on this all-time comics list. Um, I'm scrolling up here looking like, honestly, inside the top 100 and debating whether or not I would put it that high. So at 101, I've got Habibi, which is the Craig Thompson graphic novel that is this incredible, intricate work of art, um, but the story is relatively uneven. Let's see, below that, I've got Pride of Baghdad, Brian K. Vaughn graphic novel, Orion. I'm trying to find something, again, it's gonna be hard to find something that Charles Christopher compares to just given that its structure is so different than most of the books on here. 
Um, this is a tricky one. I don't think it can be considered as good as Animal Man by Grant Morrison. That said, I'm looking at Acme Novelty Library number 20 by Chris Ware. And that's a book that goes through, you know, one man's life from boyhood to to adulthood. And it's experimental and emotional. And Abominable Charles Christopher definitely compares. Uh, I think I'd rather read Abominable more than Acme Novelty Library. Below that, I've got The Fade Out by Brubaker and Phillips. Seconds by Brian Lee O'Malley. Batman and Robin, The Run, by Grant, written by Grant Morrison. And then at number 100 right now, I've got Black Panther by Ta-Nehisi Coates. Uh, I think Abominable is going to go above all those. And then again, I already said I don't think it's actually better than the Morrison era of Animal Man at DC Comics. So I'm going to put it up here at the new number 96 on the list, which again, I, I know I mention this every time, but anything that goes inside the top 100 or approaching the top 100 is an extremely high ranking and is a is a must read um, as far as my recommendations go. And that's actually going to push Black Panther by Ta-Nehisi Coates outside the top 100. So we have a new number 100 on the list. That's Batman and Robin, the full arc by Grant Morrison. And again, Abominable Charles Christopher going very high. So that brings us to my second favorite book that I read last month, and that is Hawkeye, the, I believe, 18 issue. I want to say maybe 16, could be off my number there, uh, 2016 series written by Kelly Thompson, and it is it is awesome. I talked about this in a lot of detail on last week's uh, Marvel Unlimited recap, but this Hawkeye series focuses on Kate Bishop as a private detective out in LA. It's easily one of my favorite um, all-new, all-different, or Marvel Legacy era comics that I've read uh, in, the, in the past few months. And Hawkeye's going to do fairly well on this list. So I think one thing I have to look at is I don't think I've actually ranked the Fraction in Age of Hawkeye. I have not. So we don't have that for comparison's sake. It's not quite that good. That, that series would go uh, extremely high were I to fit it in here. Um, let's look for some recently placed Marvel books. I've got, let's see, I'm looking around the... 200 slot here. I've got Secret Weapons by Valiant as my number 200 right now. Um, Hawkeye could be on a level with, let's see, I've got X-Men Red, the first volume at number 220. And because I only have one volume, I do think Hawkeye's better than that. I've got Generation X, not too far below that. That's the um, the newer Marvel series written by Christina Strain. I do think Hawkeye is actually a little bit better than that, both of which are series I like. So if we scroll up a bit, uh, is Hawkeye 2016 as good as this combo here I've got of Grass Kings at number 215 or Lady Killer by Joelle Jones, uh, the Dark Horse book about a sort of 50s-era housewife who is also a fantastically gifted, trained assassin uh, it's definitely on par. This is a tough one. I think, oh man, this is real tough. I think I'd rather read Hawkeye again than, than S.H.I.E.L.D. by Jonathan Hickman and, and Dustin Weaver, um, which would put it above Space Riders, above Extremity, above Lady Killer. 
Ooh, that's tough. That said, I don't know if it's actually as good. S.H.I.E.L.D. does a lot of really interesting things that plays with the Marvel Universe, whereas Hawkeye's a little more grounded and down-to-earth. Um, I think I'm going to put it right below Grass Kings, which I like a lot. That's a Matt Kent and Tyler Jenkins joint from Boom Studios that finished up 15 issues recently. So I'm going to put it right below Grass Kings and above Outcast Volume 1, the Robert Kirkman written, um, Robert Kirkman of Walking Dead fame written story about sort of uh, exorcisms and supernatural possession. So Hawkeye's going to enter the best comics of all time right inside the top 200. That's going to be our new number 214, it looks like, on the list. Got time for hopefully getting through five of these today. So the next one on the list is Black Orchid by Neil Gaiman and Dave McKean. Uh, this is Neil Gaiman's first uh Maybe not first published, but first written comics work. I famously talked about this somewhat recently, that this was, in fact, the first thing he was contracted to write for DC Comics, coming out of a journalism background. And Gaiman uh, is, of course, a well-known author in many regards. In the comics world, he is most famous for having written Sandman, which I have as my second best comic of all time on this list. Black Orchid is uh, nowhere near that high. That said, it's good. Uh, it's three long prestige issues, which I found at a local comic shop for discounted late, um, more recently, which was how I read this book. And basically what it does is it takes a lesser-known DC character, uh, Black Orchid, and it sort of puts them in the context of the modern 80s DC climate. It puts uh, Lex Luthor in the middle of things, sort of out to uh, collect and stop this Black Orchid hero from messing with his properties and his dealings uh it begins you know with the death of a black orchid and then a rebirth and and then of course it really it's more of a meditation on kind of what it means to be alive in some ways than it is a traditional superhero book and it's got that early dave mckeon painted art which is really really interesting it's not as experimental as his art would become and if you've seen you know sandman covers then you know how sort of out there his work would definitely get but black orchids um you know it's more traditional comics superhero looking pages but still but still beyond the pale beyond the norm rather of what was being published in the you know non-prestige dc comics at the time so black orchid again it's not my it's not my favorite thing i've ever read but it's definitely good it's definitely an important read um, I didn't have as much fun reading it, certainly, as, say, something like Thanos Wins, which came out recently, which I've got at number 237 on the list. Um, I don't think I liked it as much as the Snagglepuss Chronicles, Exit Stage Left, the recent six-issue miniseries written by Mark Russell, which reimagined Snagglepuss as a gay playwright in the South during uh, the McCarthy era. Um, let's see, Black Orchid is going to go... What would be a comparable... It's better than Green Arrow, The Longbow Hunter. I've got that at 260. Um, I think I'm going to put it actually right below the Doctor Fate 88-92 to series written by J.M. DeMattis and drawn by Sean McManus, which is very, very underrated and extremely fun in all the ways that Black Orchid is not. Uh, that said, Black Orchid is not trying to be fun. It is trying to be heady and intellectual and mostly succeeds. If you haven't read Black Orchid, check it out. 
uh, I'm gonna put that as the new number 253 on the best comics of all time list. So we'll close things out here with a couple uh, recent Image Comics volume ones that I read and enjoyed. First of which is Analog, written by Jerry Dugan. And Analog is a very, very smart uh, noir. It is a future noir, and I should mention here, it's got art by David O'Sullivan. And basically what it does is it imagines a not quite dystopia, but a future in which the online privacy has gotten so, so bad, basically, that everyone's secrets are became out in the public. Basically, there was a great um, reveal of everyone's online secrets and things that they were hiding in this, you know, digital privacy landscape and all that went out there and it, it ruined marriages, it ruined societies, it ruined all sorts of things. So you have a world now of, you know, people who refuse to use the internet um, and then you have those who are foolish enough to continue to use it. And in the midst of this, you have, uh, you know, a, a courier basically who is a hired individual to transport paper documents. So people saying, you know, digital is not safe, it's not secure, we need to keep our secret, uh, you know, black market transactions on paper or in actual physical packages. And we need, you know, kind of a a tough police detective type, uh, you know, private, private investigator type person to protect these things. And it's the most I've liked a Jerry Dugan written comic um, I think actually ever. Uh, he's done a good job on Deadpool, but I'm not, you know, head over heels in love with that work. That said, Analog really impressed me uh, with these first issues. Again, it's a cool concept and it's really well done, um, kind of kind of future noir. So with that said, I don't like it as much as Ice Cream Man Volume 1, Image Comics uh, kind of horror anthology that I ranked at number 267 recently. And actually having just read uh, Ice Cream Man number six this morning, that series is going to launch up the charts um, as more and more issues are released. That is that is something special. If you're not reading Ice Cream Man, definitely check it out. Uh, so back to Analog. Let's see. It's I don't like it better than Marvel's Infinity War. Um, I've got Crisis on Infinite Earths right below that. That's certainly a more influential text. Um, but I would rather read Analog again for sure. I think I'm just looking below it to see if there's anything else that that stands out. No, I, well, hmm, I might have Crisis a little too high. That, that needs a reread. Well, for the time being, I'm going to put Analog between Infinity War and Crisis on Infinite Earths to Giant. DC and Marvel events that Analog has nothing to do with. And that brings us to our next series, The Dead Hand. This is a, uh, basically, it's the Americans, you know, FX TV series premise of the Cold War never really ended. And there's this giant um, project that the Soviets were working on and that an American super spy found that is still sort of active in today's society. And it deals with some people investigating what that is, and then the people who actually know about it dealing with it. And the reason I'm being vague on the details is uh, it's a twisty, turny mystery that I do not want to spoil. Um, that said, if you like sort of uh, Cold War era 
um, fiction and, and sort of, you know, the idea that and it's not your typical, you know, oh, there's Russian sleeper agents everywhere, right? Like that, that has been done um, time and time again, as I mentioned with the Americans. This is quite a bit different than that. And it surprised me in a lot of ways. This was a book I didn't honestly expect to get through. Um, you know, I thought I'd check out the first couple issues and I didn't want to put it down. It was very, very good. So, where does it rank on the best comics of all time list? I think it's going to go inside the top 300 is my guess. Um, I enjoyed this more than the first volume of Invisibles, which is is definitely, it's a Morrison 90s project that I need to revisit. Um, I think it's better than the first volume of Star Wars. It's better than New 52 Swamp Thing. Um, let's see, I liked it more than Luther Strode, another image series. Uh, I did, ooh, it's very comparable to Royal City. Um, the the image book by written and drawn by Jeff Lemire, uh, I think it's it's probably it's it's similarly mysterious um, in different different ways certainly. I think it engaged me a little less than Royal City just because I'm a big big Lemire fan. So I'm gonna put Dead Hand between Runaways Volume One, the Rainbow Rowell and Chris Anka series that I ranked recently, and the aforementioned, um, what did I say, Luther's Road. So that's going to go inside the top 300, has the new number 293 on the list. And there you have it. We have five comics now placed inside the top 300. I think the remainder of the list, you know, starting with all new Wolverine on through the first volume of Batgirl are going to go between 300 and, and number 427. I, I, again, as this list gets pushed down and down, you know, now closing in on 440. Uh, I don't think any of these books are going to go particularly low. Um, again, Batgirl, that first volume is is definitely going to go the lowest of my recent reads. I just, I, it's an interesting series with Cassandra Kane coming on as Batgirl. And um, this is, you know, with Batman basically training this, this girl who has limited to no communication skills, but is, was trained as sort of the ultimate assassin. And it's a, it's a very strange book. It's structured so oddly. Um, everything from just the art style to the way the story is told. Uh, it's experimental in surprising ways for a Batgirl comic. And Cassandra Kane is a very interesting character. She's certainly had a resurgence, I think, too, with, um, with her role in detective comics in the DC Rebirth era. So that book's not going to go too low. I mean, I think, for example, I... I more interested in Batgirl than I was in, say, Flashpoint, which I have as number 395. So I don't think anything's going to fall inside the top four or inside the bottom 400 um, books here, but I'll be placing those on the list. If you want to check them out, again, you can go to comicbookcarol.com slash the best comics of all time and see the full list of rankings. Thanks for listening. Again, you were listening to Comic Book Herald's Best Comics Ever. Please subscribe or rate on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts so that we can reach more listeners over time. Uh, Comic Book Herald's Best Comics Ever is written and produced by Dave Busing, founder and editor-in-chief of comicbookherald.com. Music for the podcast is from Anthony Weiss. You can go to anthonyweis.com to hear more of his music. Thanks for listening, and as always, enjoy the comics.